there. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to make sure that you know about three pretty cool changes I've made to my two signature e-courses, Marriage Methods for Women in Difficult Marriages and Heartbreak to Hope for Women Who Are Separated or Divorced. Change number one, you can now pay whatever you can afford for either of these courses. I don't want money to get in the way of your healing. Change number two, you can now decide between receiving the content weekly for 12 weeks or in a guidebook PDF upon purchase. And change number three, if you have a friend or family member in your life who is in a difficult marriage or going through a divorce, you can now give either of these courses as a gift. See, I told you these were cool changes. Check the links in the show notes to order today. Hey, sweet ones. Welcome back to the All That to Say podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth Klein. On this podcast, we talk about the hard stuff. A, because I've been through a lot of it. B, because most of you have too. And C, because I believe that we have a loving God who wants wholeness and holiness for us and our relationships, and that sometimes life is not as black and white as we wish it were. When a Christian marriage unravels and divorce is considered, many questions rise to the surface. In this episode, I attempt to provide answers from the inside of my unraveling. I will be sharing thoughts that I wrote in a 2011 article for Crosswalk.com, Though some of my thoughts and opinions have more than likely changed since I first wrote this over a decade ago, I'm not going to change anything and I will be reading it as if it's 10 plus years ago, meaning I'm not changing tense or the ages of me or my kids or things like that. So again, I wrote this in 2011. Today, I'm going to finish up this two-part series by answering the other two of the most often asked questions that I got. How did I stay so long? And why weren't I staying forever? And if you missed last week, you might want to pause and go back as I laid a foundation of sort of the background of the marriage. And I answered the first question that I was asked, which was, why did I stay so long? All right, here we go. How did I stay so long? The short answer, God. The long answer, a hundred different ways. I will be writing this, speaking this, to the women I have met over the years who have told me that they are in a hard marriage and don't know if they can keep going one more day. And trust me, I have met way too many women in that situation who are followers of Jesus, married to quote unquote followers of Jesus. Being a Christian does not exempt you from marital problems. In fact, the downside is that we tend to keep it to ourselves and suffer in silence much longer than the rest of the world would. Number one, prayer. I counted on prayer to get me through. I begged God to work in my life and marriage more than I prayed for anything else. I sobbed my way through prayers on my bathroom floor. To be honest, though, I also prayed more than I wanted to admit that God would release me. I wanted out of my marriage for as long as I can remember, and I was honest with God about it. But I also prayed for my spouse on my knees, on the floor, begging God to heal him and me and us. I stayed through a steady stream of conversations and pleas and whispers 
to God. I stayed so long through the Holy Spirit. Only the Spirit could have done the work in me that he did so far. I have so, so far to go, but he burned raging out of me. I still yell, I'm sad to say, I still have anger issues, but the Holy Spirit worked in me to help me hold my tongue more than I have given myself credit for. I stayed through having the Spirit of God living in me, keeping me there when I didn't want to be there. Friends, my friendship circle ebbed and flowed over the span of my marriage. But one thing that every woman in my life who I trusted and confided in had in common was their fierce love for me and my family. I never once had a friend tell me I should leave my husband. They listened. They prayed more than I'll ever know. They supported. They wrote notes. They stood by me. They pointed me back to Jesus, and they kept me doing everything I could to stay put. I stayed by having women around me who loved God and honored marriage help me stay. I stayed so long through counseling. I am a fan of therapy. I must be to have tried nine of them. I love digging in and trying to figure out why I feel a certain way or why someone acts the way they do. Counseling helped me both individually and helped our marriage in some seasons. There is something to be said about an objective third party looking at a situation and being able to tell both individuals what needs to be tweaked to move forward. I stayed by knowing when to get outside help and not letting my pride stop me from getting it. Couples groups. Getting plugged into small groups with other couples did help us over the years, though I must say you only get out of it what you put in. We were in couples groups where the other couples had no idea how bad things were between us, which at times made it all feel kind of pointless, I must admit. But at least we showed up and were hearing things that we could work on. I stayed by trying to get us involved in community. Books. I'm a reader, and I think it's safe to say that if a book had been written about marriage in those 20 years, I not only read it, but took notes on it. I once had a friend borrow a book, read it, and upon returning it say, you are the only person I know who reads a book highlights things, and then I can see you making the changes in your life that you read about. It's one thing to read a book. It's another thing to try to put what you're learning into practice. I stayed in part by reading as much as I could about Christian marriage and relationships, and then trying to do what I read. Journaling. I've been keeping journals since high school. I have Decades of journals in my hope chest that chronicle the rise and fall of my marriage. Sometimes I journaled prayers, sometimes to track what God was doing in my life. Sometimes I'd write out an argument with my then husband to try to figure out what went wrong and what I could do to fix it. And sometimes all I wrote over and over again was, Jesus, please help me. I can't do this anymore. And he would. And I'd have the strength to make it through another day. I stayed by getting my feelings out in written form, which helped me stay somewhat sane throughout the years. 
I stayed as long as I did because of a 12-step recovery group. I began attending Al-Anon and it changed my life and it changed my way of relating in deep and practical ways. I learned to live and let live. I learned to get off my spouse's back. I learned to keep my mouth shut at least more than I used to. I learned to focus on what I could change in my own life. I learned to detach and let natural consequences play out. I learned how to make amends to someone I learned that it was okay to admit that my life or parts of it at least were completely out of control and that I needed help. I stayed because I learned how to live my life differently, which in turn helped me to be married differently. I stayed as long as I did by just literally staying. I remember reading something Beth Moore wrote on her blog in honor of one of her wedding anniversaries. She made a list of reasons why she and her husband had made it so long. And one of the reasons that stood out to me was simply, we kept going to bed and waking up and staying another day until we realized it had been however many years. I stayed by not leaving. I stayed by staying one more day and then realizing another year had gone by. One of the ways I stayed so long was reminding myself that marriage was not forever, meaning eternal, just another 50 years. And I could do anything for 50 years. I told myself all the time, I can do this for 50 more years. It's only 50 more years. That was my standard pep talk on really bad marriage days. I stayed by reminding myself that life is short in compared to eternity. I stayed by reminding myself that the staying married crown would be my most treasured crown I would lay at Christ's feet. Mantras. After particularly painful arguments where hurtful things had been said, I would say to myself over and over again, You are precious and honored in God's sight. Jesus loves you even though he doesn't. I spent a lot of time replacing lies with truth. I stayed because I knew that I was loved even when I didn't feel loved humanly. I stayed as long as I did because I believed I had to. I touched on this last week, but I believed I could not leave without disobeying God. My marriage was bad, but... It wasn't biblical grounds for divorce according to popular opinion, bad. Our marriage fell into a gray area and no one knew what to do with it. No one, and I mean no one in my life, ever told me to leave or told me that they thought I could leave until recently. They felt sorry for me, sure. They prayed for me, yes. But I stayed by believing that I had to stay. I stayed as long as I did because it wasn't time for me to go. Technically, I could have left really at any point. There was no gun to my head. And though I practically felt that leaving was not an option, I am a human being with free will. I technically could have walked away, but I never felt that I should. I had not in years past felt I had exhausted every avenue of potential healing or change. I had not felt released. I stayed by believing I was supposed to continue staying. And only God knows the rest. I stayed through means that I didn't have on my own. That was the longest, largest, most difficult part of my life ever. It broke me down. It tore me to pieces. It left me wishing for death to escape the pain. That I stayed married for all those years, almost 19, is a mystery to me, really. 
I know I just listed a manifold reasons why I stayed and ways I stayed, but I stayed not out of my own strength, but out of God's. So bottom line, I stayed almost 19 years because of God. This one might be the toughest. As a Christian, why didn't I stay forever? Short answer, God. Long answer, deep breath. This is going to be the messiest part to lay out. This will be the most intimate part and the part that has the potential for most misunderstanding. Holy Spirit, give me the words and protect every listener. It got bad enough that I finally really woke up and got serious help. And when I got that serious help, my eyes were open to how bad things really were. No relationship should function the way my marriage had been functioning. I was not staying forever because we were just beyond broken. I was dying inside. Every part of me was dying every day. With every harsh word, every lie, I couldn't even breathe fully. You know when you want death more than life, something is dreadfully wrong. I wasn't staying forever because I needed to choose life. I was living a fake life. I was one person with the world and another at home and with my closest friends. The counselor that I began to see specifically to target my anger issues had asked me to list off the top of my head, three characteristics about each person in my immediate family finishing with me. And if I remember correctly about myself, I said, loyal, stubborn, authentic. And she replied, it's interesting that you think you're authentic because most of your life is a secret. Busted. Wake up call. I preached about living an honest life. I was desperate to be authentic. And then I went off and didn't live one. I wasn't staying forever because I must talk and live the truth. I didn't stay forever because I wasn't loved. This is a hard one to write down and the one I fear saying the most because many of us do not feel loved. And I hate to say this, not being a loved on its own is not a reason to end a marriage. I know that sounds harsh. I know. In fact, none of these reasons on their own hold enough water to end a marriage. So I need to clarify that it's not, you don't bring me flowers anymore, kind of being not loved. I'm not talking about a lack of pursuing. I'm talking about an active, unloving attitude toward another person. There were harsh words There were lies, there was manipulation, there was control, there were ultimatums and consequences and threats. I didn't have a partner, I had an enemy. I wasn't staying forever because I was not loved as Christ loved the church. I didn't stay forever because abuse is not okay. This is another sensitive one. I was never physically or sexually assaulted by my spouse but I suffered almost every other form of abuse on that power and control wheel that I have documented over the entirety of our marriage. I thought I just needed to be a better wife. I thought if I were a better wife, I would be treated better. I felt I deserved the treatment I was receiving. I no longer believe those things, 
I didn't stay forever because no child of God should be abused or threatened by another child of God under the guise of love and marriage. I wasn't staying forever because of my children. Yeah, I also listed that one on why I did stay as long as I did. But I came to a place of realizing that my daughter had been watching me take abuse and might make choices for her adulthood based on what she was seeing me do. And my son was watching me and seeing what's apparently appropriate for how to treat a woman and might, might, might make choices for his adulthood based on what he saw me take. I didn't stay forever because I needed to break the cycle of dysfunction and abuse for my children. I didn't stay forever because my church leadership released me to legally separate. And this one is key. I went to church leadership begging for help as my last resort. When I say last resort, I do not mean that if they didn't help me, I was leaving. I meant if they didn't help me, really, really help me and hear me and understand me this time, that I was going to stay married forever, crawl into my shell, never ask for help again. When I did this, January 2010, we were referred to a new couples counselor and a mentor couple. We walked this road with our elder and campus pastor. We were each given a lengthy list of things to do to move toward reconciliation. My plea for a temporary separation was backed up as they felt things were just too volatile for us to remain under one roof while trying to put things back together. But when assessed at the end of 15 months, the unanimous decision was that I had done all I had been asked to do and my then husband had not. They told me I was released from pursuing reconciliation and that the ball was 100% in his court to save our marriage. They then released me to legally separate. At the time, they did not believe I had grounds, biblical grounds to divorce. I pursued legal separation. I must say, had my church leadership not released me to legally separate, I have no idea where I would be today. I would not have wanted to go against the wishes and guidance of my church leadership because of my high respect for them and love for God. But one of the reasons, big reasons, I did not stay forever was because they did release me and I moved forward with that. Another reason I did not stay forever. I know in my heart, I did everything I was asked to do. Staying as long as I stayed has its benefits. The main one being that I know that I know that I know that I did every single thing I was ever told to do to attempt to save my marriage. And it wasn't enough. It takes two. I can hold my head high saying and believing that I spent almost 18 years trying to turn my marriage around. I can say that I was not a walkaway wife. I didn't stay forever because I did all I could. I also didn't stay forever because my husband counterfiled my submission of legal separation 
with a divorce. This was a surprise, I have to say. When one person files a legal petition, the other party must counterfile or submit a response. My then husband told me that he interviewed three attorneys and no one would represent him in a legal separation proceeding. He told me he didn't want to keep interviewing attorneys, and he told me that I was indirectly forcing him to divorce me. I hadn't seen this coming, but in retrospect, I believe it was God's provision of fully releasing for me without me having to be the one to initiate the divorce. I didn't stay forever because my husband divorced me. I didn't stay forever because I felt released. I read somewhere that man can release you from a relationship, but only God can release you from a covenant. Months before my leadership released me, I felt Jesus say to me in my spirit, release is coming. It's going to get harder before it gets better, but it's coming. Keep your eyes on me, baby. And all that came to pass because it got harder and uglier and messier and scarier, more so than I ever imagined. But release came and I kept my eyes on Jesus. Jesus.